You're listening to the Sprues and Brews podcast, your weekly podcast looking at all things Warhammer. Hello and welcome to episode 134 of the Sprues and Brews podcast. My name is Dave and I'm joined once again by Matt. Hello. And Jay. Hello. So we have got more Age of Sigmar goodness on this week's episode because we have got the latest Broken Realms book, Broken Realms Bellacore, in our hands. So we're going to be talking about that later on in the show. We are also going to be keeping Age of Sigmar in our top three because we're going to be looking at our top three models from Curse City. So there's quite a few to choose from within that box. Um, Well, it's really hard to pick a top three, to be fair, but we're going to do our best. Uh, and we're also going to be reading out the community top three picks towards the end of the show as well. Not to mention uh, some news, including a lack of pre-orders, which we'll talk about um, pretty soon. But before we get stuck into all of that, let's talk about what we've been doing in the hobby this week. So, Jay, do you want to start us off? Uh, yeah, let me think back to what I did in the hobby this week. I painted um, the Kenoffi from Curse City. I think that was last week. Um, I've started it on the stream and finished it in the week, yep. Yeah. Um, I have um, made a start in earnest on the um, Luminef army. So I, I got I got them all um, based and all sprayed. Uh, I painted up a test model on the um, stream on Sunday night last night. It was well, time goes weird, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, last night. Um, and started on the first batch of ten wardens. So the plan is to try and get those ten finished this week. Uh, and then make a start on the next 10 because I want to get 20 painted before I get on to. I think I'm going to paint these 20. Then I think I'm going to I'm going to paint a character. And I was going to paint the twins, but I think I'm going to paint the um, Lord Regent on the um, Light Corsa because it's such a cool model. And then do another 20 wardens after that. I think he deserves it as well after his uh, performance at the weekend, Jay. Yeah, he did quite well, didn't he? What was he holding off a bunch of screamers and furies? Although he took a beating from some screamers flying over him that's something else we've done on the hobby i had a game my first game with the luminef army against hey. matt. matt and um the silent king cross bellacore leading uh... yeah the, the <laughs> legion of the first prince now obviously i haven't got the new bellacore model yet so i've got the old one and he's a bit puny compared to what he's meant to be by a, a great coincidence the uh, the silent king's kind of like throne and base is the same base and kind of silhouette as Bellacore. So, uh, yeah, he's kind of sat, he borrowed the Silent King's throne for the battle. <laughs> Though he didn't do much because he played, what was it, Places of Arcane Power. So he was just sat on an objective all game, uh, failing objective. to summon demons. Yeah, yeah, failing to summon and taking mortal wounds from rolling balls. <laughs> uh, is, what, what did we call him? The, 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 the worst. Worst. <laughs> worst. The worst demon prince, not the first demon prince. Ah, <laughs> oh, poor Bellacore. The, uh, the, the 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 herald on a chariot got stuff done though, didn't she? Oh wow! So what was she using? The fourfold blade. The which fourfold is blade. You're going to talk about, yeah. I guess coming up. Yeah, that is a that is a very 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 tasty artifact. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, you know, the, the, I, I don't think the scenario suited the list, and, I, and in future I'll make some tweaks to make sure there's more heroes. But for a, a kind of you know, at the end of the day, it's a two-page. Uh, supplement kind of army list, isn't it? Rather than the full book, they did all right, didn't they? Yeah, I like the um, the fact that I mean, okay, Bellacore wasn't doing a great job summoning, but um, you, the fact that every unit rolls to I mean, you're going to talk about this in a bit, aren't we? But every unit reinforces itself at, at the end of the movement phase, 
and you've got like two mechanics haven't you you can bring back slain models and you can summon new models to that unit mm. um so you can soon swamp the board with um cheap demons which all right they may you know they're only lesser demons but they're wounds and they're wounds on an objective so on those sort of games where there's lots of objectives and you, you just what i mean the horrors especially they were just multiplying and multiplying and multiplying so yeah i think it's got legs that um list yeah. has. i think it's quite cool and um i mean i don't know if it's going to be like a top tournament army but certainly in casual games it's going to give oh, yeah. a run for its money and you know i've wanted i wanted a chance to run my kind of warhammer style demons army for ages and that yeah i'll use that I'm playing against you guys i'll be using that all the time i think i yeah. probably will take it to a tournament as well for a laugh yeah it look i mean it looked like a good list on paper so yeah can't wait to face it myself matt and um, well, speaking of which matt what, what have you been up to in the hobby this week well it's just been quite nice after work so i've uh primed up the rest of cursed city that is all based and ready to go so that's my next little project to start painting through. Probably the kind of cannon forest. So the rats, the bats, the skeletons and the zombies is probably my next thing. And I'll batch paint them as quickly as I can. What I've not been kind of batch painting and taking my time a bit more on is the Crimson Court. So I've very nearly finished the uh, the final member, uh, Prince Duval of the, uh, the the Crimson Court. And the other three are finished. And I'm really happy with how they turned out. Mm. They look really, really good gone for an unusual kind of purple skin on them which is now yeah that's getting used in all my all my vampire based stuff so even like the vargs gear and stuff's going to have purple flesh to it to kind of represent the from the same kind of blackest blood chain i think it'll it, it's quite a nice shade to go with like the red armor and also the black armor so i think it, mm. it's going to work quite well it, you know sometimes you can oh, you can paint the skin it has to go with the rest of the army and i think i think it does so that's that's a that's a cool choice Plus, they'll stand out from the skeletons and zombies and stuff as well. So, yeah. So, yes, that's, that's, so I've not done that much, really, because I've only painted four models in a week, which is pretty slow for me. But they're an amazing four models. <laughs> yeah, they are. They're really, really cool. Uh, and, of course, you have the game with Matt as well. So mm. you've got you've got quite a bit of hobby in this week, Matt. Yeah, um, good. I actually joined you both on um, the stream uh, last night, Sunday night. Uh, I've not done a, a painting stream before, so that was that was really really fun joining you two. Um, Enjoy it. On, I, I did, yeah, it was really good. I was quite nervous, but um, no, I I enjoyed being on it. It was uh, it was nice for you to it was nice to be on. Um, I did manage to get some painting done, obviously on the stream. Um, I managed to finish uh, a Death Guard Terminator uh, or Blight Lord Terminator, should I say? Um, also during the week, I finally finished my Ogre Tyrant that started a couple of weeks ago. I managed to pick up the, the colours and texture paints that I needed for him, so he's now finished. Uh, and I've also finished my ogre from Kerr City, uh, Brutog, uh, Corpse Eater, isn't it? Um, I managed to finish him. And I'm kind of maybe two-thirds there with Jelson Darrock. Um, he, he's kind of a slow progress at the moment, but I'll hopefully have him done in the next uh, the next few days, fingers crossed. Um, and yeah, I think that's no, no games for me this week. But um, yeah, I've managed to get some paint on some models, which is which is always good. So on that note, we're going to take a pause. We're going to come back with the next segment on this podcast. It is this week's news and it's coming up next. What do we have in this week's news, Matt? Well, on uh, Sunday in the normal six o'clock pre-order slot, we were like, oh, is it going to be Necromunda? Is it going to be Adeptus Mechanicus? Could it be sold by vampires? It's none of the above. Games Workshop are taking a two-week break from pre-orders to uh, to catch up. Obviously, various factors 
have probably added to this covid brexit the usual Suez canal blockage um and also coincidentally at the same time is their 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 biannual stock take and a move to a new warehouse so with so many moving parts it probably is a good idea to have a couple of week kind of foot on the brakes just to let all that stuff work its way through and then start again in may uh, 8th of may i think the next pre-order is mm. So, yeah, it's a shame. We've got a couple of weeks without new stuff, but, you know, there's been an awful lot of new stuff coming. And it means I can get some paint on Bellacore as well, because he should arrive uh, next Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a good, 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 good time for us all to catch up a little bit. And you just know that as soon as that warehouse opens, we're just going to get a, a barrage of new releases again. I imagine so. I imagine so. I mean, I know you were probably a little bit disappointed, Dave, because you were looking forward to the Admech book, which is probably what would have been up for pre-order. Yeah, I am very much looking forward to that. But um, I've got a few reinforcements for the Mechanicus to finish. Um, So um, like you say, Matt, I think it's a good couple of weeks just to catch up. Now, there's been a little bit of grumbling online, and I, I don't quite agree with that. What, what are your kind of... Jay, what's your thoughts on the kind of situation? I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that they're stopping pre-orders for two weeks. Well, I mean, we're just spoiled at the moment, really. If you go back a few years, you'd get a release a month, like a big release mm. once a month, maybe. Um, they're, you're, they're get, we're getting models left, right, and centre. We're getting shown previews of left models left, right, and centre, which we'll come on to in the news as well. And um, I think you know there's a sometimes it's good just to pace yourself and you can just enjoy the stuff you've got a bit more so i'm i'm actually not too i could actually live with them going back to like a fortnightly pre-order uh, yeah. all right, it, it's really cool when you're really excited for something new coming out but then also it does sort of help you appreciate the stuff you've got already i find maybe that's yeah, just with me. the stuff coming out bang 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 you know i've i've not really dug into curse city at bar building and exactly. models my, my, my titans came last saturday they're still in the shrink wrap bellicore's on the way so there's lots of stuff i can crack on with yeah so uh, that's it i think yeah i mean so yeah so i'm, I'm not i'm not too good i think as long as i love the games which previews i love the fact we're seeing a model every monday of stuff that's mm. coming um so the community stuff's been really good i love the um previews we have i want more of those that that definitely sort of meets my needs uh, if we went to like a fortnight. I mean, it, it, there's no indication it's going to stay a fortnightly pre-order window, is it? it it's just this temporary sort of blip in the shape. If anything, once the new warehouse is up and running, because I think this has been quite a big development for them. It was in like their financials and stuff, wasn't it? And I think that was that was pretty much the only thing, putting a kind of limiting factor on the speed of these releases. Once that's up and running, and I think there was talk of a new factory and stuff. But yeah, we might get a lot of new releases every week then. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so so another thing that's caused a bit of uh, grumbling on uh, on Twitter, and I think it'd be it wouldn't be right if we didn't mention it on the podcast, is the uh, the cursed city debacle. So obviously, cursed city it's been out a couple of weeks now, hasn't it? And at the time, uh, the social media team said on on you know on Facebook and Twitter that look, it's not a limited release; you don't need to worry to get it. It is something they're going to keep in stock. After about an hour, cursed city sold out, and Rather than, um, you know, out of stock, it was no longer available, which caused some grumbling online and people weren't sure, is it right? Because to be fair, the Forge World site's been showing stuff as that when it hasn't actually been, you know, discontinued. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's no official no official comms from, from GW until, when was it, Saturday maybe, where the official uh, Warcom account uh, shared that actually, yes, if you want it, you've got to get it in stores. 
they're not currently planning on making any more copies of the game. Now, I follow a few uh, kind of third-party shops on Facebook. They had a bit of a more detailed uh, description from their uh, the Games Workshop kind of sales team that sells to shops. And they said that the issue is the card components in the game have currently got a six-month lead time. So due to that, the game's not on sale anytime soon. If anything, it's going to be next year. It'll be back on sale again. However, the plastic components will be released in another form in the near future. So this kind of caused a bit of a lynch mob on um, on Twitter. And I, I think it's safe to say that, generally speaking, the um, the kind of the Warhammer community on, on Twitter is pretty good. And it got a little bit dirty, didn't it, on Saturday? There was... People kind of having a go at the the, the, the social media guys were just you know <laughs> doing what they're told, following the communications that they've got. They they haven't made these decisions. I um, I do agree that Games Workshop maybe should have put something on Warhammer Community just explaining the situation, even if it's just the same stock text that went to the retailers. And I, I kind of don't understand why they haven't yet. The only thing I can think of is if it is still kind of a a legal snag. Someone, I saw something on Facebook today that one of the the uh, the printers based in China that does a lot of their card components actually went bust late last year, and this could right. be related that they're trying to find a new supplier. And obviously, it takes it takes a long time to get these things printed. You know, Cur City miniatures were probably designed years ago. Stuff started getting printed probably last year. You know, it's sat in a warehouse since November because that's when it should have been released. So, yeah, and there's a lot of moving parts. And Brexit's probably thrown another spanner in the works with that as well. So I, I don't think it's necessarily the case that Games which have made, like, you know, 10 copies of the game and it's sold out. They've probably made what they thought was a fairly hefty allocation. But so many people wanted this game. And I don't think it's even all scalpers. I just think genuinely most people into the hobby, I think, wanted a copy of Curse City. And they have just sold through their entire allocation. They did the same with Indomitus. It was supposedly the the most produced box they'd ever done. And they sold through them all just because people are so hungry for uh, models to consume. Um, and unfortunately, this... with, the, with, with the card components, Curse City is not something they can just print more of because it is very determ- um, kind of reliant on those card pieces, isn't it? I wonder whether they'll bring... Because obviously they make all the plastics in the UK... And I wonder now with the, you know, like you say, Brexit, the, the different um, trading sort of um, environment that, that the UK is in. I wonder if they will consider um, uh, producing it in, in the UK, the, the books and things like that. I don't know whether that's possible. Yeah, well, the 40K books are currently printed in the UK. And I wonder if that's a piracy concern. Because obviously they've got the codes in the back, mm-hmm. haven't they, to unlock the digital content. So they're printed in the UK. Currently, the AOS books are still printed in China as of Bellacore. Uh, yeah, it wouldn't. They, I think they used to print the card stuff in house, but then didn't because it wasn't very kind of cost effective. Mm. Obviously, it's, it's cheaper to get it printed in China and having it shipped over, isn't it? But obviously, with everything going on in the world, it's it's probably not the easiest at the minute. No, I I, th- I think um, you you've covered that really well, Matt. The the thing that that kind of the only thing that really bothers me is we like you say we've kind of heard on the grapevine these different things. Which makes sense in it, it's fair play. But that's because we've gone looking for that kind of uh, information, really. Yeah. Um, exactly. For anybody else, that all they're going to see is radio silence. I don't, I don't understand why they've not. They've been open and honest with a lot of things over lockdown. You know, 
transitions on pre-orders and, and warehouse stuff and I just don't understand I just don't get it I just don't know why they haven't just been honest on on Warcom and said this is the situation um you know hold tight I don't know it, it, it's such a shame uh, and like you say it's it's a shame that a lot of the War, uh, Warhammer community team have um, faced a uh, quite a large backlash over it oh, from from what they thought was quite a harmless um tweet it was always a tweet wasn't it um, they probably just had the official line was the official line is it's not coming back and that's what they've they've towed they've towed the official line uh, with no sort of content to to back that up and yeah it's a shame uh, I, but yeah it does sound like it wasn't something that they could control yeah and you know something you know this this is a huge money spinner for games workshop if they could churn out another twenty thousand curse city units i'm sure they would um, it, you know, it's extraordinary circumstances if they can't get the card parts. The good part is confirmation of the plastic parts being part of a, new, uh, a, a, a soonish range. And we'd way we before Cursity came out, had kind of speculated that are the plastic frames. And I think you get three plastic frames of adversaries, one unique, two duplicate. And that would fit in a start collecting box perfectly. Yeah. And I think that's probably how it would be packaged. The uh, with the uh, Radicar, the Wolf maybe being a blister pack. The question marks, the, the the heroes. But again, they could easily put together a box of those heroes and call it, I don't know, Heroes of Ulfenkarn or something, and put that out as a a as a Sigma product maybe. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. I think you're right about the Grave Lords. I mean, some of the heroes they might decide to release separate. I don't they're know. The, not... they're, a, they're all on a single sprue, though, is the problem. Oh, uh, of course they are, yeah. So they're not going to recut a sprue, but they could yeah. sell that sprue as a kit. Yeah, that's true. Oh, well, we'll, we'll, have to, we'll have to wait and see. Um, hopefully, we'll see Curse City back. I mean, what do you think this means for the expansions? Do you think this really pushes them back? I don't think Cause... so, because presumably they're already in. You know, if you think. They, they, if there's expansions that are out in six months, they'll have started printing them six months ago. Yeah. That's the kind of way things work. So I, I imagine we still will get expansions. I think it's just that core box. I, I, I honestly think they're probably sold through like a year stock on in an hour. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of curse cities out there. They just can't produce any more. And realistically, it's probably going to be like end end of the year maybe till they can get it out again, which is a shame. And I'm sure if Games Workshop could sell it tomorrow, they would do. Yeah. You know, they're not they're not they're not doing it just to annoy you or or to help scalpers or any of the weird conspiracy theories I've heard online. If they if they could sell it, I, I'm sure they would put it back on the store. And it's just unfortunately one of those things, isn't it? So I would say, please, please, please don't harass the the, the social media team or the Warcom team because it's not. It's not their fault. They they haven't lied to you. They're just kind of following what they've been told. And things do, unfortunately, change in the real world, don't they? Yeah, they really do. Yeah. So, so yeah, so that's, that's a point we just wanted to touch because I know a lot of people have kind of asked our thoughts on it. And I, I will say, I, I do think that GW should have put some of that on Warcom. That's my kind of takeaway from it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. However, we have seen some new models today which is really cool. So obviously we know every couple of weeks we're seeing some new orc models running up to the new orc release. Uh, last time it was the uh, the squiggy piggies. 
today we we we'd kind of speculated haven't we will that we get a new orc boys kit because that kit's quite old now i mean it's it's a recut sprue of a really 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 old sprue <laughs> and you know they don't tend to do that anymore do they they tend to put out a new sprue rather than recut something out a few new pieces just because it to create the mold it's as expensive as just making a new sprue anyway yeah um and yeah today we have seen a new plastic beast snagger boy bigger than an orc smaller than a knob it kind of jay you described it as a primaris orc didn't you <laughs> yeah that's lo- what it looks like to me i think you'll phase out all of your boys and replace them with these things yeah I mean, we've seen one there's one on the website and he looks amazing and it looks like the kind of beast snag apart you could probably take off and use him as like a standard boy yeah i think so i think yeah so it's, it's cool that there is they're a separate unit though and that means they can kind of point them and give them you know they're probably gonna have two wounds aren't they they're gonna be a bit tougher than a normal orc it gives them a bit more uh a bit more variety to the infantry they can have i yeah. really really like him i um i said that i i'd I, if i if there was new orc boys out i'd probably do a little kind of snake bike tri- snake bite tribe to go with my uh my orcs and uh yeah these guys look really ace don't they there he looks really really cool um he was actually i mean we're going to discuss the other model say but he was my favorite model really uh, announced today and he's only a little orc um i, I gotta fight the temptation to make, make an orc army I, i've got <laughs> you know you want to dave <laughs> gotta fight that temptation too many projects on the go well, I mean, well, I'm just happy if the primary sizing orc boys, there's hope for guardians, Eldar guardians. Yeah, new new guardians. Or, or do you think? Obviously, this isn't, I guess, a replacement for an orc boy. It's something new, and like say, you keep, orc boys are still valid, but they may not be the kind of prime choice. Do we think we'd get something like that with the Eldar? Maybe a new a new unit, a new something created, and then keep the old guardians in play. Maybe I was um, on um, the Eldar Facebook uh, group the other day and someone posted a, a thing about how people got into the Eldar army and I posted, oh, I, I Eldar were my first Warhammer army. Um, they were they were the first, um, you know, my favourite faction. So I, and I remember buying the um, third edition battle box, which had the Eldar Falcon, the Viper, oh, yeah. the jet bikes and the Eldar Guardians in. And the only um, kit in that box um, which is no longer valid is the elder jet bike which has been replaced <laughs> by the wind riders everything else is still you know they're, they're the units you buy today um and what how long ago was that dave you bought the space Marines, that must be 20 years ago over 20 years ago yeah, yeah second very, second very edition was 95 yeah. so we're talking probably 2000 maybe for third edition i think maybe so yeah all that it's yeah it's uh it's, it's a long time ago <laughs> So, yes, so every time I see a new version of an older model, it always uh, gets me a little bit hopeful. But I do like I do like Sork. I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of the squad because normally you'll get, like, a, a, like you say, a, some sort of um, boss or knob in there, a different yeah. weapon options. Uh, do, you, do you know what gave me hope for, for these new walks was the um, uh, Gorebag? Was it Gorebag? Gorebag? Yeah, yeah, the, 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 the limited model they put out. Yeah, because I, I painted one of those and he was he was ace. I was like, oh, I, mean, yeah, I think we said, didn't we, Matt? You know, if he created new walks like this, uh, I think we uh, both would start a new walk army. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, he was really fun to paint that guy. So gotta resist though, gotta resist. And we know they're not far off because I think one of the the collectible coins has leaked. Now obviously the whole 
release schedules out the window now, really, isn't it? But they're going to be some point in the next well, three months, I guess. Yeah. What is also on the horizon? And yeah, this obviously every Monday they've been showing off something from Broken Realms, Kragnos, and every week we're like, next week it's going to be Kragnos. Well, it wasn't this week. Um, and I think this is something that maybe points to Kragnos being the last part of this quadrilogy of books. Now, obviously, Marathi opened, and spoilers here, they're on the website already. If you've not read Marathi, sorry, you've uh, you've lost your chance. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> the Titanic sinks, by the way, at the end. Yeah, yeah. So, so one of the main kind of plot points in Marathi is the birth of the newborn. The, 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 the child of Slanesh escaped from Slanesh's prison to give Slanesh a presence in the uh, the Broken Realms again, uh, the Mortal Realms again. And, uh, yeah, it seems that uh, Slanesh had twins, so we have got some beautiful bouncing baby twins in the form of Dexessa, the talent of Slanesh, and Sinessa, the voice of Slanesh. One of them looking like an elegant butterfly with magical powers, the other one looking like a peacock with fighty kind of offensive. In the same duology as we've got Tyrion and Teclas as twins, one combat orientated, one magic orientated, the Slaneshi children follow the same thing which is a really really nice touch and you may i think the first thing you said jay when we saw it was like oh you know could this mean Tyrion's back soon because well, i think yeah. those four characters that the Tyrion and teclas plus the, the the newborn twins are surely very closely intertwined aren't they yeah well in in um in broken realms teclas uh, there's not much. There's hardly anything about Tyrion. all we know there's a little tiny bit about him that says he's busy dealing with other threats and they're looking in the direction of Slaanesh's tomb when they're talking about this uh, Slaanesh's prison so you can only surmise from that that Tyrion is busy dealing with whatever Slaanesh or the newborn are up to um, and I thought you know okay we've just had a Luminef Realm Lords book 2 they're not going to get a battle tome anytime soon unless they are and games are <laughs> I, I don't know what will happen if that gets released Um so you're thinking, oh, well, that Tyrion's probably missed the boat this time. He's probably coming with the next edition of the Battle Lumineth in a year, two years' time. Um, but then we've seen Croak was was um, revealed last week, Lord Croak. Yep, um, and Croak is coming alongside Kragnos, as are the Witch Hunters, as are the, the two demon twins. Yeah, so Slaanesh, well, Slaanesh, the Heathen Knight Slaanesh, they've not long had a battle tome. Weren't they the battle tome prior to Lumineth? part two or was they it were, yeah they were indeed yeah. Uh, technically they um daughters of king came out the same time i can't remember what the release was i think kane should have come out a lot earlier i think head and night system Nash came out when it should have come out yeah and i guess i'd see what made me think is something that i'm going to mention on later when we're uh, talking about bellacor but i imagine we're going to see a a 40k demon codex and it wouldn't surprise me if we saw a AOS demon battle tome as well at some point in the next 12 months, where obviously they can then put the rules for these new... There's quite a few new demon models now, including Bellacor, isn't there? So, you know, presumably there'll be a proper rule book to follow. Um, yeah, it is, it is interesting. I'm going to have to buy two of these boxes and build one of each, aren't I? <laughs> well, yeah, that's the thing with these, isn't it? They've got you there. Um, it'd be interesting to see whether they translate into the 40k universe. It's very rare you get a demon release that you can't use in Warhammer 40k. Um, yeah. Not sure how they would fit into 40k unless there's some sort of plot development. I don't know. Maybe you can yeah, use I mean, uh, a lot of the a lot of the named demons exist in both universes, but they're not the same character. 
They're just no. coincidentally the same entity with the same name. Demons kind of ignore time and space, don't they? So I'm sure they could easily slot in. They're not necessarily going to be the offspring of Slanesh, but they could be, I don't know, the heralds of Slanesh or something, couldn't they? Yeah. Just happen to be twins. Yeah. Yeah. But but yeah, so so this sort of does give me hope that that we will see a Tyrion model outside of a Battle Tome release um, in some form, which is quite cool. Like, not not in the too far distant future. Yeah. So the the big question is, Dexessa or Silnessa? Silnessa, I think, is my my favourite of the two. With the wings, I, I think, think I've got one. Wings. Yeah. Yeah. Joe, she reminded me a lot of um, the. Ariel, the ever the old ever queen. No, I was gonna. Say, although she does, you're right. Um, the um, Diablo Four, is it? Do you know the the? Have you seen? Have you seen the cinematic trailer for Diablo? Yes. <laughs> she gave me those vibes. Yeah, I, I mean, I do like them both, but I think I think the wings has got the edge over Peacock. That's the caster, isn't it? It's like the Eidolon of um, Mathan or whatever. It's for the um, Idenf as well. The team. Yeah faster and combat version it must be an elf thing it must be an elf thing and twins as well yeah. so yeah so really excited for these uh, i'll be picking them up because i like my demons and i need to add some more characters to my demon army and this gives me an excuse to add two more to my demon army i just have to move around the points a little bit but yeah <laughs> uh, and obviously we're going to get um another another reveal uh next monday which must be i mean it's the last monday of the month that's got to be uh Kragnos now hasn't it maybe a trailer for, and the well, reveal for the book yeah there was the artwork on the warhammer community site today so with this sort of post that they um released with the with the new models in at the top there's like a banner with like a it looks like a, some sort of werewolf or beast or wolf type bear thing which we can only guess is going to be Kragnos or related to Kragnos. it's definitely not yeah. artwork representing the model we've currently seen no, it is, it is feral and werewolf-like, isn't it? With kind so, of like, yeah. again, kind of like metal earrings he's got, kind of, again, kind of an ancient design to them. Yes, yeah, yeah. It definitely looks like a civilised beast, <laughs> rather than just <laughs> a <laughs> beastly beast. Yeah. Well, jewellery, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so I, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Uh, and, I mean, you know, there is a possibility that we don't actually see a Kragnos model with that book. We learn about him. And then him and his army come out in third edition. Possibly. True. I'd but, be careful. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, either way, excited. Unfortunately, it's going to be a couple of weeks till we see any of these. Hold tight. Go well, we do, know, we, yeah, you did say, didn't we? We do know they are in the final. Well, we, we, we only guess it's the final Broken Realms book, but they are in that Broken Realms Kragnos. Yeah, so, and, and, and the, the reason they made me think there was more than four books was because there was a lot of models, but they've confirmed they're all in, in Kragnos. So who knows? Going out with a bang, maybe. Excellent stuff. Quite a bit of taste in using there, considering we have no pre-orders. Uh, we have got a brand new shiny book to talk about next. It is the next in the Broken Realm series. It is Bellacor. So we have book three of the Broken Realm series, and this is all about Bellacor, uh, the first prince. Uh, was he the first prince of chaos? Is that his official title? He's, yeah, he's, he's, he's the first prince, the very first demon prince, once favoured of the gods, and then the gods kind of got bored with him. And now Archeon, the little teacher's pet, and Bellacor really, really hates that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I want to see a Bellacor Archeon fight at some point, or maybe on our stream or something. That'd yeah, be we ace. Do that. 
You should do that. Pissed. Anyway, anyway, we're getting sidetracked. Matt, tell us all about this new book. So, I mean, it's no, it's no secret to anyone who's listened to the podcast, watched the YouTube channel, read any of my reviews. I absolutely love the uh, the Broken Realms books. I think they're some of the best books that Games Workshop have put out. Uh, wasn't really kind of knowing what to expect from this one, other than, you know, it's got Bellicor in it and, you know, demons are kind of my thing. What I wasn't expecting was kind of the the Empire Strikes Back equivalent of, a, of an Age of Sigmar uh, story. It gets very dark and the ba- the good guys don't necessarily win. Um, yeah, it was really cool. So in the in the kind of this podcast, we're not going to do too much into spoilers. If you want the spoilers, they are on the website and they're clearly labelled at the very end of the post, just because I know a lot of people want to read this themselves. But I'll kind of cover the general kind of plot of this and then we'll have a talk about some of the, the Battletome updates. But yeah, as with the other ones, if you're into AOS, you need to read this book. Uh, it tells the return of Bellicor. We haven't seen Bellicor for a little while. Uh, I think we last saw him in Wrath of the Everchosen, beating Lady Alinda in a fight. And uh, yeah, since then, he's been licking his wounds and, and having a bit of a sulk, really, that the, the gods kind of don't see him seriously. And he's, you know, he's, he's not the Everchosen, is he? Archeon's got that job. So Bellicor has been biding his time, building an army, of you know, demons aren't particularly nice creatures at the best of times. The ones that are all turncoats and traitors and kind of displeased with their patron gods kind of flock to Bellacor and joined his ranks. There's demons that he's tricked and bribed and yeah, he's pretty much got the the cr- criminal underground of demons working for him, and he has amassed a massive army. Uh, unfortunately, the, the the downside of being a demon is it's very difficult to manifest within the uh, the mortal realms. So Bellacor wants to kind of please the gods by making it easier for demons to manifest into the uh, the mortal realms. And he surmises he can do this by causing a magical backlash from the destruction of realm gates. Okay. So Bellicor's kind of been pulling the strings in the background. He's influenced the kind of civil war we've got going on in order between uh, Sigmar and Marathi. He's been pulling strings in the background behind uh, Teclas and Nagash, maybe dropping a few seeds that you can corrupt realm gates. Yeah, so, so pretty much everything that's happened so far in the Broken Realm series has been due to kind of uh, Bellicor's influence in the background, and he he's he's dropped a few seeds of uh, of news to Lord Croak that uh, there's a, there's a silver tower in uh, in the Eight Points, and maybe it'd be great if you could take out a silver tower and destroy one of the weapons of the enemy, and that's kind of how we how we start up. And I'm not going to go into spoilers, but that's kind of the the opening of the story we, we see. Lord Croak's reaction to that and what he does against the Silver Tower and uh, yeah, Bellacor's plan in action of of trying to take uh, a realm and, and how that plays out. It's uh, yeah, a lot of things in here I didn't expect to happen. There's some characters in here that I don't think any of us saw coming back, did we? No, absolutely not. Kind of and, and stuff that we've discussed in the past that would be kind of cool to happen. So it's kind of hard to talk of, on this without kind of giving too much away. So I'm, I'm not going to do that. All I'll say is that you need to read it. The third act in particular is is like it's a siege and it's amazing. And I would love to see this book as a film. You know, <laughs> if, if if Broken Realms was like a 
a um, Warhammer Story Forge TV show, I would so watch that. And you know the 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 siege in Act Three of this would be like the penultimate episode. <laughs> you know the big budget Game of Thrones style, and throw out all the uh, all the kind of expectations and all the money's gone in this episode. Yeah, it, it's it's so so good, and I. I highly recommend giving it a read. And it's really kind of teeing things up now for the final book, and I can't wait. I assume it's the final book. There might be more. I wish, that, I hope there's more, because I love these books, but I, I'm going to assume it's the final book so I don't get my hopes up. I would like to see, sort of like, like you say, that we tend to see these sort of series towards the end of edition, End Times, Psychic Awakening, Broken Realms has come towards the end of Age of Sigma 2. I'd like to see them kick off with this kind of thing, you know, right yeah. with the edition, to keep the... Because that's the thing about the Age of Sigma universe we we talked about before that it's it's always shifting the story's moving forward at a pace and it, it's good to be part of that and to fight battles in that during the edition rather than right at the end where we get all these cool rules cool new um, war scrolls or date sheets and they're only valid for a short period of time before the next edition's on us maybe it's something they could look at doing yeah no I completely agree imagine this kind of halfway through an edition and then playing through the second half of the edition with the status quo change from the effect yeah. of these books that'd be really cool wouldn't it would yeah yeah I'd, I'd kind of like to see them do these I mean you you mentioned in I was in the Dracari review we didn't really see much in the way of new lore in in, in codex battle terms anymore and really nowadays it's kind of destined just for these kind of books isn't it yeah yeah and I get, I get, I get the logic because it means that somebody following the story doesn't have to buy every battle term, doesn't have to buy every codex. You can just buy these story events and, and kind of be up to date with the story, which is good from a kind of, you know, money point of view. You don't have to buy every book. But um, yeah, the, I mean, the development in the in these three books so far is probably more's happened than in the entire Age of Sigmar kind of storyline so far, hasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So yeah. so yeah, very very impressed with the story. I can't wait to see how it all it all um, turns out. I uh, super excited for that. So yeah, if you want kind of the spoilers, head over on the website. I've got a full write up going into who the who the characters that I mentioned are and and the repercussions and what it could all mean. I'm super excited because you know it, it implies a few things as well. So uh, yeah, make sure to check that out if you are interested. The second half of the book, though, like with all the other Broken Realm books, is gaming content. And again, as with other the other books, we've got a six-game uh, campaign going through the events. It lets you replay the events of the book. And, I mean, we mentioned on the other ones, I think between us, we've got most of the armies to play through Broken Realm so far. And I think that'd be really fun, because we've never really done narrative games for AOS, have we? No, no we I've been mean, 40k in the Crusades, no. Yeah, and, you know, obviously we haven't got something like Crusade in AOS, but being able to play through a storyline and, you know, depending on who wins the game and what happens, there's different outcomes in the next battle. It's kind of like a kind of flowing campaign, which is really nice. Um, they're quite open with with how you kind of pick your forces. So, for example, in the first um, the first battle plan, the defenders of the Genesis Gate, the attacker brings a, a Nurgle army, with the the Nurgle Battalion box that they sell uh, from Broken Realms Techless. So uh, what was it? Plague Bearer, Sloppity Bow Piper, the other characters, something like that. Uh, and 16 other Nurgle units. Now, these units can either be a regular unit with 10 models with a wound each, an elite unit with five models with two or three wounds each, 
a guard unit with three models with four or five wounds each or a hero with a wounds characteristic of eight or less. So even though you haven't got points and it's just 16 units, you've got quite a bit of freedom to pick the kind of units that you want. And that kind of self-balances the game. In comparison, the, the, the defender player is Hallowed Knights and they have Steel Soul, a Lord Castellant, uh, eight other Stormcast units and 12 allied Seraphon units. So, yeah, what do, I mean, what do you think of that for, for kind of army selection? I think it works quite well. Like you say, it gives you a bit more... You're not really as locked in as much as you, you would be. I mean, it's clever of them, obviously, to have their core requirements. You know, they happen to sell a box for it. Um, <laughs> but but it no, just, the rules do say if you don't have them, you cannot sub out any other things. Oh, that's good. They could yeah. easily say 2,000 points, but I, don't, I think it's, it's for a narrative game, it's quick to say 16 units. Here's the, the loose guidelines that you've got. Go and see what you've got in your collection. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a bad way of doing it. And then, yeah, these all lead on to each other. So depending on who wins, it changes the outcome of the next one. What they've added in here are three and four player um, games, because there's some games where the, the Bellacor side has got an allied Nighthaunt army or an allied Zinch army. Equally, the, um, the, the kind of Stormcast player often has an allied Cities of Sigmar or an allied Barrack Zilfin army for the Caridon Overlords. And again, that's really cool. You could do that with just the two players, but I think it's fun to have a gaming group and plot through it and like, okay, on missions three, four, and five, you're going to have to come down with your uh, your, your Caridons and your Nighthaunt and add add these armies to the battle. I think that's quite cool. We also get updated rules in here for the Coalition of Death that lets you play multiplayer games. There's still one side versus the other, but it allows you to have two two armies allied and the, the rules for how that interacts. So essentially, each army's got a a uh, general, but then there's an overall warlord on each side who kind of makes the makes the important dice rolls, makes the important decisions, even if there might be some grumbling between the side. And that, that kind of game style would support, like, you know, three or four players on each side if you wanted to play a big game like that. You know, we've, we've, we've always been big fans of Triumph and Treachery, which is a different style multiplayer game i don't think we've played as many games like that where it's still two sides but distinct armies on each side i think i think that would work really good for us because uh, I, I, we do like big team games don't we and i think mm. to have a nice rule set for them it'd be really really fun yeah so it's you know it's, it's nothing too nothing too special but it just makes all that kind of stuff make sense in the game uh, we also get the Siege Warfare rules reprinted from Wrath of the Everchosen as well. So these haven't been expanded upon. It's, it's the same rules kind of lifted over. Uh, I would like to see a proper Siege supplement for AOS with a new Plastic Castle. Oh, yes. That'd be ace. We've seen a few plastic um, fortresses in the background of some... like the Remember the Ossiart Bone Reapers? Sorry. Yeah, Ossiart Bone what? Reapers have got some... And it's, it's obviously the studio stuff, but it does yeah. make you think. Because yeah. I think Siege games would be popular. The the the, the um, Varen Spire kit that they brought out was an impressive big castle. But it, it, there wasn't really... I think they brought it came out with a small kind of like 80-page book, but it wasn't like proper Siege rules. And I think... A siege on like a, a castle, even if it's more stormcasty kind of castle or the walls of a city of Sigmar, I think that'd be really really fun with siege engines and ladders and defenders on the walls be. and stuff. 
I remember I always liked the idea of a siege battle in Warhammer Fantasy, but it was tricky with the you know your rank and file blocks of units. It doesn't work very well. Um, whereas with like the more you know individual models on ramparts and things like that, I think that could be really cool. You could have objectives on different parts of the wall. Maybe yeah. we should have a go at writing some homebrew uh, siege rules. We should do. We should do. I mean, we can. Do, there is some basic siege rules in here, and basically, there's a siege phase at the start of the game where the attacker can choose to cut off supplies, demolish defenses, or start mining underground, and the defender can choose to gather supplies, rebuild the defenses, or, or kind of countermine to stop any infiltrators. And based on what combination that you pick out of them, um, that will affect the battle. And at the start, you'll roll to see how much damage the walls have withstood from artillery fire before the battle started, how many of the defenders have started starving because they're besieged, if any units have managed to tunnel underneath. So, yeah, I think there's a framework there that you could flesh out to a really cool kind of siege system, especially in this book. I mean, I've said that the final act is a siege with um, an, an army of demons six times outnumbering the uh, cities of Sigmar defenders in this castle. Imagine doing that as a game. Oh yeah, that'd be. Ace. I mean, we've got the demon models for it, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, I happen to have the old uh, part of the old fortress as well. Uh, we should do that, guys. We should absolutely do that, guys. So yeah, there are rules in here, but I, th- I would like to see a proper expansion with kind of siege engines and stuff. And then yeah, as with the other ones, it kind of goes through the the six battle plans, and there's a variety of stuff ending in the big the big siege and the air battles and all sorts of cool stuff going on. So, yeah, really, really like that. I just wish that we'd have been able to play through all this so far. Not long, though, is it? Not long to we can play some games again, and I think that should be one of the first things we do, try and play through this campaign and stream it. So, yeah, I know that doesn't kind of suit everyone. Kind of match play people may not be interested in that, but that kind of really appeals to me. On to the rules that match play people will be interested in, though. We've got the new rules for Bellacore. Um, admittedly very similar to the old Bellacore rules but he's had some upgrades so he's got a lot more wounds now he's got a lot more attacks and damage and yeah he's he's pretty good he's pretty good I really like him I know a lot of people have been disappointed that his rules weren't completely overhauled but I, I guess that's the point of a kind of a, a reimagining rather than a, a completely new character mm. you keep elements of that old character don't you so the Dark Master's still there the Lord of Torment still there. The Shadow Form still there. And, you know, he's pretty good with that. So the Dark Master rule, uh, you you were subject to this at the weekend, weren't you, Jay? Where he I could was. pick a unit and there's a chance they can do nothing for an entire uh, phase. And a whole turn, even. Yeah, I think if you're... Um... If, you're, if your army is built around a key piece... So, for example, I didn't use Teclis, but I think if, in an army list with Teclis, you basically... You need Teclis to be doing... 110% of the work every turn in order to, to to win because you're investing so many points in him. And if you can sort of shut down a key piece like that for a turn, that that can win you the game. Uh, probably less effective against unit like armies like Skaven or Gloomspite Gits where you've got so many threats on the board and they're sort of they have sort of redundancy and resilience built into their mm. army lists, so a bit more resilient to, to to things like this. But even in them situations, it's still you know, if you're fighting over the final objective to, to win the game and you can you can stop that, that enemy unit from fighting back, that, that's going to get you that objective. So it is quite cool. Um, it has no range. So you can use it anywhere on the board. Um, and it's, it's only on a free plus, so there's a chance it doesn't go off. And But you, you get to roll it for each phase, don't you? So so the hero phase, the movement phase, the shooting phase, and the, the, the combat phase. 
Yeah, which is a little bit different than previously. It was every action they took within that phase, and generally it's going to be one, but there might be some situations where they get to do multiple things within a phase. So yeah, I I really like that. It's uh, it's pretty cool. It kind of represents that the, the way they word it in the rule is that Bellicor's always pulling the strings in the background. So you know, in in the example of our game, Teclus could think that he's doing something else with good intent, but actually it's Bellicor manipulating him to maybe take his attention from the battlefield during that turn. Mm. So yeah, really like that. Well, I think he's, he's 380 points, I want to say, which is expensive. Um, however, I think he comes into his own, in his own um, allegiance, the allegiance of the first prince. So this has kind of replaced um, two uh, chaos factions that we used to have from Wrath of the Everchosen. The Legion of Chaos Ascendant, which was a kind of generic demon army, and the Legion of the First Prince, which was a kind of precursor to this with a few basic rules. They've kind of taken elements of them, put them together to try and make the first, I guess, proper demon allegiance for AOS. And, you know, I'm all over that. I'm a big fan of demons. So the the, the kind of the battle traits they've got, uh, the first damned prince... If, oh, first of all, it's worth mentioning you can only take units with the chaos and demon keywords in this army. So you you can't take any mortals. You can't take Zigvald, for example. You can't, can't take Glutos. It is just demons. Now, there are a lot of war scrolls with the chaos and demon uh, keywords on them, such as the uh, demon engines Jay mentioned the other day. Uh, I can't remember what they're called now. Uh, Hellbrutes. Hellbrutes, is it? No, that's the... The, uh, the um, soul grinder thing. Soul grinder, that's it. Sorry. Yeah. And the Skaven, uh, the Skaven uh, um, Corruptor have got yeah. the demon keyword as well. So there's quite a few unusual war scrolls you can pull from now. Obviously, your challenge is going to be finding stuff that synergizes well together, even though it hasn't got its kind of god army rules. And the way the Legion of the First Prince works is very much built around lesser demons. So with the first damned prince, Bellicor, if he's within 18 inches of a unit of bloodletters, horrors, plaguebearers and demonettes, and he has to be within range of all of them, he can re-roll all his hit rolls. Considering this guy's got a damage output of like 20 damage between minus two and minus three rend, that's pretty good being able to re-roll all your hits. You've got a little bit of positioning jiggery-pokery because he's got to stay within range of those units, and that kind of bakes in a, um, I guess, a requirement for those units in your army as well, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because you probably want to bring them anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. Where it gets really good, when Bellacor takes a wound, uh, if he's within nine inches of one of those four types of units, on a four plus he can pass that wound or mortal wound to that unit instead. So, for example, if he's near a unit of Plaguebearers, it makes Bellacor very, very strong because he's got a first of all, he's got a four plus and vulnerable save. If he fails that, he can pass that to uh, the, the Plague Bearers, who've got a 5-plus uh, Disgusting Resilience. Effectively, it's, I can't make it out, it's more than doubling his wounds on paper, isn't it? And you can be bringing back, so you, you, you manage to take a couple of wounds on, on Bellacor, and then the um, the end of your next movement phase, the Plague, plague Bearers just recover those models back anyway. So, yeah, so on that, the Cursed Sky. So, obviously, spoilers, Storm of Chaos has passed, passed over uh, the realms. And the the due to the events in, in this book, the kind of 
the stability of demons in the mortal realms is increased. It's easier for them to manifest. So due to that, you roll for each unit of lesser demons at the end of the Battleshock phase. And on a 3+, plus, you can bring D3 models back. If it's a horror, you bring one pink horror back. Um, yeah, that's... it's it, D3 doesn't sound a lot, but over our game, most of the time, my units were staying topped up due to that. Yeah, they were, yeah. You know, like that, and I, you said that the 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 odd wound or two that Bellacor takes that like, gets passed on to the the plague bearers on a three plus, you're going to be bringing them back in the battle shock phase anyway, and that's on top of your banner as well. So obviously, it all demon units have got a banner where you take a battle shock test, and if you've only lost a wound or two to the odd more wounds that um, Bellacor is passing over, on a one you get D6 models added to the unit. Now, the wording of this rule, you return slain models. So in the example we had earlier, you've got a unit of 20 plague bearers. Bellacor passes a wound, killing one of them. Technically, in the Battleshock phase, they've got to take a Battleshock test because they've lost a model. They roll a one, they add D6 models to the unit. And then with the Cursed Skies rule, you bring a slain model back to the unit, which is the guy who died earlier. Meaning that over the course of the game... If if you cut you know suffer the odd wound, it's actually in your favour because you've got more chance of growing the size of those units. That sounds uh, mental. And where it gets really mental is horrors because horrors horrors are a strange one, aren't they? Because the more they split, the more models they get. But if you've got any way of bringing pink horrors back to that unit, that just keeps that whole thing churning along to the point where you could have a unit of like eighty odd horrors on the table. And horrors are an absolute nightmare as they are. So, yeah, so basically what you're saying is you, you could kill a pink horror, which summons two blue horrors, but when you come to slay, when you come to bring a model back, you bring back a pink, which then you'll kill again, turns into two blues. Better than that, Dave. Roll. Better than that. You kill a pink horror that turns into two blues. You've lost a model, so you take a battle shock, you roll a one. You add additional models to the unit from the banner, then you bring back the slain model. Essentially giving you just three blue horrors. Mental. So yeah, so I mean, Jay, you 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 made sure to thin them down as soon as possible because you cannot afford to let them grow, can you? No, that's it. I mean, yeah, the the, the horrors are, are are painful, especially in this army. Um, very tough. Um, I, I I think the 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 best way to get to Bellacor would probably be to 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 apply some mortal wounds to him. Um, because I'm not sure how that interaction would work. Obviously, you'd, you'd get around his four plus ethereal save, which is good. He then gets himself a six plus uh, ward save, uh, which I'm, I'm assuming you would take at that point. And if you failed it, or or do you do you before you? So take no, a... no, it's it's so so basically, if he takes a mortal wound before you allocate that wound, he then on a four plus passes. Oh, he tries to pass demon. it over. Yeah. And then every demon in the army. Uh, gets a six plus uh, wound shrug, which is really good. You know, discussing resilience, really good for Nurgle stuff. Give that to some uh, demonettes or bloodletters or something. That's pretty handy, isn't it? Very handy. Yeah. I think he's one of the most resilient units in the game, then, really. He really is. He really is. But the, I think the only way you can outright kill him is with Slayer of Kings, something like that. Other mm. than that, he is just passing off wounds all day, isn't he? Yeah. So. Obviously, we mentioned earlier that he wants to be within range of some lesser demons, and you know you, the way the way the army works, you you are better off with a horde list because it's all about big units of demons and keeping them demons alive. Their other elite ability is unyielding legions. Again, because demons are easier to manifest, they're just popping into reality left and right. 
at the end of your movement phase, you pick a Legion, the first Prince hero on the table. You roll 3d6. If you get a 10 plus, you can summon a free unit of lesser demons. Oh, so that's 10 that. blood letters, five horrors, 10 plague bearers, 10 demonettes, or uh, six furies. And you just deploy them within 12 inches of him, outside of nine of enemy units. So in theory, over the course of the game, you could get an additional five units of demons, all of which could get mod- models back when you start using the various shenanigans that they've got. It's a good job you've got a lot of demons. <laughs> I need to buy some more blue horrors because I actually ran out at, some, at one point during the game, which is a bad sign. I know you face them, Dave. Yeah. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I, I think... I'm, and obviously this is just a kind of expansion kind of army list. But if this was like fleshed out into its own battle tome, I think it's really good. I, I want to try some more lists with this because I think it's pretty good. Um, we've got a spell, the Master's Command. You pick a unit of demons uh, until the end of the battle round. If a unit's a model slain, it gets to fight before it's removed. So a load of demonettes went in with attacks. You killed them and they got to attack again because they get to attack before they're removed. You could put that on Bellacor himself to make him a bit of a deterrent to fight. It's a pretty good spell and it goes off on a, a seven. So, yeah, pretty easy to cast. They've got some command traits. I'm not sure why you would take them because you'd always have Bellacor as your general to get the advantage of bringing models back. The only thing I can think of is if... I don't know. For whatever, maybe in the next edition there's a way of giving command traits to a non-general, maybe like we've seen in 40k. Well, Otherwise, I mean, we see this in 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 all the battle tomes, really. We were talking about this the other week that there's some great command traits and things, but because you sort of tie to a storm host or a chapter or a great nation, you never use them. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's the same here, isn't it? Well, they're really good. There's there's, there's one that lets you add one to your summoning demons, so. 3d6 plus one and you need a 10 plus that pretty much makes it average i think yeah uh there's there's runous aura gives your demons a five plus shrug uh yeah they're, they're pretty good but i think i'd always take bellacor as the general um and then we've got some cool artifacts as well the one i would always take is the fourfold blade so this is what i use in the battle you replace one of their melee weapons every unmodified five plus to hit just causes D3 mortal wounds and the attack sequence ends. So what you want to do is give it to a, a hero with a lot of attacks. So I immediately went to the Slanesh battle tome because, you know, they're pretty pretty good with attacks. Looking at Keeper Secrets, they've only got four attacks and they've got high damage, so it's kind of a waste on them. What you ideally want is something with lots of one damage attacks. So the, uh, the Exalted Charioteer, she has six attacks base, so that's Essentially, every time she rolls, two of those dice on average should be D3 mortal wounds each mm-hmm. on the hits. So she kills a hero when she charges it, essentially. What makes her really, really good is her, I forget what it's called, it's like grinding wheels or something the rule's called. At the start of the combat phase, you roll a D6 for every unit within like engagement range of her. For each two plus, you do a load of mortal wounds, and you get an additional attack for each two plus. Ah... So say if, remember when we were fighting, uh, Dave, and you had to kind of all your guys lined up, that chariot hits your lines, snagging multiple units, you could get her up to like nine attacks. Then you're rolling nine attacks to hit, each five plus doing D3 mortal wounds. Plus she's got a load of attacks on top of that anyway, and impact hits and stuff. I just can't understand. I've never seen an artifact like that in any other battle tome. 
It's, it's yeah, one of the strongest um, artifacts I've seen. There was, there was. I tell you what, it reminds me of, and I, I'm, I'm struggling to. I think it's the Blade of Judgment or the Judgment Blade. It was in, it was one of the Realm artifacts, um, and on a six to hit, you did D6 mortal wounds, and then it ended. The combat sequence ended. Um, it was quite a popular one on. Um, yeah, I remember that one. But I mean, uh, that was a long time ago, wasn't it? That, that was, was a long malign time ago, sorcery, yeah. or even before that, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I'm looking in the Lumineth battle tone, for example, and there's there's an artifact that you swap all of your attacks on a two plus, you do a D3 mortal wounds. That's the artifact. So you, you you only make a single attack, and on a two plus, it does D3 mortal wounds. Yeah. I guess <laughs> I guess the difference is the, the, this army's got two pages of rules. We've we've read one page of rules, and this kind of gives them some teeth, doesn't it, on one unit? Yeah, it does. So you've got you've got a couple of strong units, and then really the rest of your army is just hordes of demons, which I quite well, like. Never-ending hordes of demons. Never-ending hordes of demons. It does, yeah, it does. So I, a lot of people have written off this list before playing with them. I, I think with some tinkering, I don't think it's like you know tournament winning, but it's definitely a, it's it's definitely a decent list. It, it sounds it sounds like the perfect army for camping objectives with just numbers, and yeah. objectives is the name of the game. Um, I can think of you know quite a few um, scenarios. Star Strike by just having so many units of demons, it doesn't matter when the meet where the meet is on a combat. You've got demons. You'll probably land, have a demon yeah. unit can go and get it. Um, yeah. So, and that'd be a nightmare against armies such as you know Sons of Bayamat. Well, yeah, okay, Sons of Bayamat, they could probably batter a unit of demons. But it's okay. You've just got another unit of demons. It's fine. Um, you won't have enough giants or whatever to to capture objectives. So well, I don't know, I'd argue that the Sons of Bayamut have an easier chance because they count as thirty models and you can't fit thirty models in the same area as a Mega Gargant. That's true. That's actually quite true. So um, yeah, we get other armies though. Yeah, definitely. I think hmm. Sons of Bayamut they struggle against just because he just needs to get near the objective and then he's got the objective for the game then. Yeah, and I suppose they might struggle to take him down as as they are. Well, I don't know. You, you, you send in the charioteer. She can do well. Yeah. Better base. If she's really lucky, she could do 18 more wounds with that artifact if she's lucky. Oof. I mean, that's if she rolls all fives and sixes for a hit. But then on top of that, she's got impact hits and the grinding charge, and she's got the crew and the chariot itself. Yeah, she could. She could make short work of a of a mega gargan. But she is quite fragile she's only got 10 wounds i mean you took her down really with shooting didn't you jay yeah it did take me three turns well it was two turns three turns of shooting and then i charged in to finish her off before she got close to the objective um yeah. so i think I mean, you should be aware of that character on your opponent's side don't you because you can't let it run off and do whatever it likes because it will decimate whatever it gets into yeah i think it i think it's sort of like a it, it'll a glass Glass cannon. I think it, it'll it'll destroy what it charges into, and then it's probably dead. Yeah. But hopefully you've done enough damage to the enemy there. So. Mm. Yeah. So so yeah, really like them. I want to play some more lists with them. Um, we've got stuff for the Night Haunt as well. I won't go into too much detail because it's on the website. But Night Haunt were one of the first books. A lot of the books since then have got sub factions. This is something they've added for the Night Haunt. One of them, the Emerald Host, is built around hex wraiths, um, and this really kind of encourages you to do a full cavalry night haunt list which is really cool because uh, hex wraith is a battle line for night haunt this gives all their melee weapons plus one attack so each of those hex wraiths has got a total of six attacks making them really really cool uh, they don't, can... don't they have a rule uh, when they attack if they roll a six to hit they do something so yeah giving them an extra attack yeah 
more chance to do that. And then also all of the hex race in the army can take wounds or mortal wounds for your general on a two plus. So, yeah, so I, I picture a big army of just like hex wraiths and um, um, oh, what's it called? The, uh, the the casket. A black coach. Black coach. Yeah, yeah. Black coaches in hex wraith would be a really cool looking Ooh, army that you don't and, really see. And those lieutenants on um, horse as well. Can't, th- can't think what they're called. Yeah. Led, so, led by a night shroud on um, nightmare horse as well. Yeah. Yeah. Really I mean, how cool, cool. How cool would that look? So, and this lets you actually do a decent list based around that. Uh, and then on the other extreme, you've got Reichnor's Condemned, which is based around Glaive Wraith Stalkers and Chain Rasps. Uh, again, really cool. It makes those Chain Rasps uh, easier to summon new models to. So, again, I guess a similar kind of thing to the Demons. It's big hordes of ghosts. Again, just add some new things to the, the Night Horn, who are probably lacking a little bit in the survivability stakes at the minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get some updated profiles. Dreadside Harridans have a bit of a re- rework. Uh, nothing major there. Uh, a few little tweaks here or there. They get a new unit, the Cruel Ghast Cruciator, which is like a support hero for the Night Haunt. So um, these were um, people that were on the torture rack in death when the Ghast brought them back. They then used those torture items to torture other people. And basically, if it causes any wounds, all Night Haunt within 12 inches get their uh, deathless minion shrug on a five plus instead of a six plus that's good so you kind of imagine that with the one that we just mentioned with all the the chain rasps get that stuck in and then you give all those chain rasps a five plus shrug again keep some fighting it's pretty cool and we get some battalions i'm not going to switch into the battalions because you know these are the boxes that you can buy on the website i don't think any of them are particularly really strong they're pretty thematic and all of these really are featured in the uh, the storyline. Caradrons get some interesting stuff. So Guild Triumphs. Now, obviously, in the main rulebook and in uh, General's Handbook, we've got Triumphs. If you've got the least points, you roll off on a table and get a Triumph for the battle. Uh, Caradrons get their own ones, and they can pick one of them uh, if, if they want instead of rolling on the table. Some really cool stuff, like being able to uh, re-roll the wounds of a sky vessel when you shoot or um, add d6 to the movement of a sky vessel one turn or my favorite one when a sky vessel is destroyed you can mm-hmm. blow the magazines causing mortal wounds to everything nearby yeah that's cool that was that was my favorite and, and don't forget as well matt with um Caradrons, you can spend ether gold to use one of those triumphs ah interesting so um so yeah that's that's really cool it's like um it's like the lumineth uh ether quartz you you take a, a, a minus one to bravery but you get you get well normally the normal triumphs re-rolls but obviously you've got so much more options with um with that book i need to pick this book up book up for that reason that that, that yeah so that's that, that's really good for the character then because it they can use all of these and you're in the game can't they yeah yeah, and I, I actually played the Skyport um, Barrack Urbaz that you, you tend to get more Aoife Gold, and you also don't get the Bravery debuff as well, so uh, plenty of chances to use some of those new Triumphs. Yeah, that's really cool. I like that. Um, the uh, Seraphon gets some updates. They get the Endless Spells from the, uh, what was it called? Forbidden something. Forbidden box. Power? Forbidden Power, that's it. So oh, the Endless the Spells from there. Yeah. So the Soul Seeker, the Soul Screen Bridge, all that kind of stuff, they can take as bound endless spells. And obviously that makes them really powerful because only they can use it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so really, really good. 
Um, they get one of the kind of better battalions where you can basically you have a Bastillodon, you have some engines of the gods, and they can basically coordinate the fire from the Bastillodon to do a super death ray at something. You pick That's a target cool. within 24 inches, you roll a number of dice based on what dinosaurs you've got, and for each 2+, plus, the enemy suffers D3 mortal wounds. So I think the use of these it'd be to take out an important support character turn one maybe with that death laser. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think it's quite pricey at... 140 points plus three dinosaurs. So it's whether that 140 points is worth a one turn shot at taking something out. Maybe, depending on the army. That'd be um, really cool to pull off, though. <laughs> it would be really cool to go uh, to pull off. Uh, there's a there's a fun one that Jail appreciate. The Zinch Battalion has uh, one to three units of horrors. Uh, each unit can have no more than th- uh, with a combined model count of no more than 30 models. So you could just have one unit of 30 horrors or three units of 10 horrors plus the fate skimmer. All the horrors get plus one to their melee weapons. And as we know, as horrors split, they get more attacks. So you get in a situation where once the pinks die, you've got 90, no more than that. Lots of blues with lots of attacks. That's pretty fun. Unfortunately, it has to be an eternal conflagration keyword, so I can't use that in the Bellacor army list, unfortunately, Jay. You'll be pleased you. to know. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, we get some updated profiles for the Fire Slayers. Again, some tweaks, some changes to them. The Grimrath Berserk can now pick one of six different oaths he can have, uh, which is pretty cool. Gives them a few new options. And then finally, we get Guard of Steel Soul. He's pretty much a Lord Celestine with a few extra rules, hasn't he? He's part of the Hallowed Knights, so he's got um, an aura where um, Hallowed Knights uh, can re-roll charge rolls and add one to their attacks characteristic, and he gives them a 5-plus uh, Mortal Wound Shrug as well. So, yeah, pretty cool. He's a really nice model as well. Mm. So that was a super rapid-fire look through Bellacore. Like I say, on the website, I've got a full write-up going into all the lore as well. But, um, yeah, I think there's some good rules content there for a few armies. If you play Demons, if you play uh, Nighthaunt uh, and Caradrons as well for those Triumphs, it's, it's definitely worth picking up. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely tempted to get just to add to my um, just just to add to my Caradrons. Uh, and also, obviously, not no spoilers here, but uh, the Caradrons sound like they're racing that book. They do. Um, so, yeah, yeah, really need to pick up that book. So, yeah, it's really good. I'm, I'm really looking forward to the final book now. Hopefully it's not too far away. I think we had quite a delay between books one and two, but uh, books three and four seem to be quite rapid fire after it. Fantastic. So as Matt alluded to, he has done a full written review and video um, for the Broken Realms Bellacore. The link for that page will be in the podcast notes, so you can check it out on spruceandbruce.com. We're keeping it at Age of Sigmar as we move into our uh, top three segment, which is coming up next. Right, it is top three time, and it's time to pick out our top three models from the Cursed City box. A very tough top three this week because, well, let's let's say it, all the models in the box are absolutely fantastic. So... Jay, would you like to go first with your third choice? My third choice? Yes, I can kick off my third choice. It is on the hero side, and it wasn't until I actually built this model that I realised how awesome it is. And it's um, Glario Van Alten III. Yes. Um, 
who you can pretty much use in Age of Sigmar or as a 40k rogue trader. <laughs> yeah. I think I think he works in both systems without any modification whatsoever. I mean, if this guy had been shown as a Blackstone Fortress character, been like, yeah, yeah that works. <laughs> it's really really cool. He's got a really really cool backstory. I really like his character in the game, um, and I, I just love everything about him. I think he's uh, the way he's sort of walking forward, almost like a smirk on his face. He's got a really cool sort of katana samurai type sword that he's he's sheathed behind him in his back. He's got his pistol. He's got a really cool sort of. Um, plate shoulder pad and the cloak over the other the other arm and there's lots of cool things that tie all of the models in City together so he's got like the sort of segmented paneled armor plating on his skirt um, and the fur collar and whatnot which ties into a lot of the armors on like the ogres um mm. across across the across so he's obviously from that from that region um yeah really really nice model number three yeah excellent choice uh, matt what is your third choice so my third choice is, is 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 a bigger model in the box, the Varg Skier. <laughs> so this is a weird looking thing, isn't it? Yeah, it I is. think I think when they announced the um, when they announced the game, we didn't really kind of expect a big monster in the box, did we? No, but we glad they had done. <laughs> yeah, and he's it's kind of obviously it's it's kind of got influences from the old uh, Varg Golf. The yeah. kind of which was law wise it was a a, um, a vampire that has not been able to feed on human blood and has basically devolved into a horrific monster and it's kind of taken that vibe and given it a bit more um of an aos spin and i just think it looks really cool i hope we kind of get units of them or something for the soul black grave lords i think mm. that'd be ace yeah yeah he'd look ace i've not fought him yet he's not appeared in my games of kersey is he not? No, not yet. <laughs> I tell you who has appeared. The um the the watch captain. Whew, he's a monster. <laughs> is he? Oh yeah, he's tough. <laughs> uh, my third choice is also one of the overlords, and it's the overlord. It's Radikar the Wolf. So oh. um I really like this model. Um he's probably gonna be once I've got these two heroes finished, um I'm gonna paint him next, I think. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. He has a very Russian kind of approach to him. I really love the the sort of wolf across his um, shoulder. His really nice blade. Um, he almost tempts me to get a small graveyard, uh, grave lord um, force. Um, both him and the the weird racking. I think they're my favourite um, soul blight vampire characters that I've seen uh, so far. So yeah, really looking forward to painting this guy and, and facing him in the, the cursed say i'm guessing you've not faced him yet jay no i haven't faced him yet no i guess i guess the good thing is is dave obviously you've got cursed city you've got like well, a thousand points worth of uh yeah death in that box haven't you there, there is there is that yeah so I, I could have some small games of um of grave lords if i if i so wanted so jay what is your second choice uh my second choice these surprised me these weren't on my radar at all for a most appealing model in the box until I built them, and then I just fell in love with them. And they are the Kasagi Night Guard, the ogre oh, zombies. Yes. <laughs> wow, these are brilliant. These are, I mean, a the way they go together, push fit, how like the 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 helmet and the the, the well not the helmet that the sort of hat comes together. Oh wow, it's incredible. It's like ingenious whoever designed the kit, the sprues for these guys. But they're so cool, and the way they're sort of like 
like the, the legs are bent inwards a little bit and the hunched to one side a little bit. They are zombies. It's crazy. <laughs> um, so yeah, I really like these guys. These were the ones we saw sort of. We were guessing at what these were for a long time when we first saw the preview, weren't we? Oh, is that an orc? It's got green skin, oh, but it doesn't have the tusks. Yeah. We were n- no one predicted zombie orcs. Undead hoogers, yeah. Undead <laughs> hoogers. Um, yeah, so so the the Kasagi Night Guard. Uh, oh, I mean, someone posted on on social media that the ogres now span all four Grand Alliances. You've got <laughs> Destruction Ogres, you've got Death Ogres, uh, you've got Chaos Ogres, uh, and obviously Order Ogre now win the Cursed as well. Mm. Um, so, so you could do like a, a, a an alliance spanning Ogre army. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Matt, what is your second choice? So my second choice are the Veikos Bloodborne. So these are like the the vampire infantry and they're so cool one of them is a little bit fiddly to build i don't know if you two found that and i had to, i did have to use some glue yeah. on one of them but uh they are stunning models again like with the, the last entry i really hope that we see these as a unit in aos as a kind of counterpoint to the blood knights because mm. they're something they're quite like lithe and agile aren't they they're, they're, they're really yeah. cool yeah I really like how dynamic they are, like coming off pillars and stuff. I think yeah. that's, that's really cool. I'd like to see more of that. And it really captures, obviously, the first we saw of these within the kind of uh, comic book style trailer, wasn't it? And it really captures the kind of the vibe they had in that of kind of stalking the streets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they definitely have that feeling of like, you know, you punch them and they'll die. But if they hit you first, then um, you're in trouble. Mm. Excellent. Now, my uh, top choice and second choice, this was a hard decision to make, a really hard decision to make. And that's because, um, obviously, I'm I'm currently painting them. um, And I I kind of had to, I think I've had to switch them around after I've kind of painted them, really. So my second choice might be a bit of a surprise to you guys, but it's Jelson Darrick, the witch hunter. Mm. Um, now he really should have been my top choice because I, I mean, when they first revealed this guy, I like fell in love. I was like, I want an army of these. I want a City Sigmar army just so I can have this guy in it. And to be fair, I still do. Um, obviously we've got the two new witch hunters on the horizon as well, which kind of sit nicely with them as well. Oh man, I, I, if they do some sort of witch hunter faction for City Sigmar, ah oh, man, it's gonna be awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, this is almost like a tied first place, but. For the purposes of the top three, I'm going to slide him into to my second choice. But what a model. He is cool, isn't he? He's very cool. Um, almost scared of painting him, but I, I'm, I'm nearly there with him. Right, we are round to our top choices. Jay, what is your top choice? Well, my top choice has to be the model I decided to paint first. Um, Kualafis, the Exile, the Kanafi, the Elf. Um Really, really cool. Now she's she's solid in the game. Really, really cool in the game. She's got some really cool mechanics where she can basically chain her attacks, and um, it, it, she's almost like Legolas in the Hobbit fighting with his uh, twin blades and his um, bow. So mm-hmm. if she's able to like um, damage someone with her bow and then finish them off with a blade, she gets extra attacks, uh, extra activation dice. She's really, really cool. But I, I love the model. She's like perched on one sort of tiptoe coming over the masonry, the masonry on the on the base. Um, I hope it's just a sign of things to come. 
uh, it's the promise of what it what it what it sort of holds yeah. i imagine a unit of like these guys jay yeah like elite scouts uh, with um amazing bows and and, and close combat attacks yeah it'd be really really cool um but 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 she's a she's a, a nice model as well you're doing a cracking job on it as well it looks really good oh yeah thank you um yeah i decided so my sylvan ffr got sort of like um uh enchanted weapons all of the the blades and the bows and the scythes are all sort of like a glowing blue effect so i wanted to sort of tie her in with that so she's got like a, a magic bow that sort of glowing blue cool yeah looks really, really cool matt what is your top choice this was very, very hard because I don't think there's a bad model in the box. Even one of the objective markers is an undead cat. You know, it's 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 so hard. But I had to had to sit back and think, okay, out of these models, which ones kind of mean the most to me? And you know what? I've gone with the orphan watch. We've seen a lot of skeleton models over the years, but I think these are definitely the best skeletons that Games Workshop have done. The kind of you've got the, the the heavy armor. They've got the kind of more dynamic style to them. Four, I mean, most of them are what two, three piece models tops. Mm-hmm. Infinitely easier to build than the current plastic skeletons. I really hope. Obviously, there's a, there's a kit of these coming out, isn't there, with the Grave Lords release? And I hope they are kind of minimal parts, just because I think that's so much easier for building a big unit like this. And they've yeah. got a nice. They've got a nice distinct style to them now, haven't they? Rather than generic kind of undead. Yeah, that's 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 really cool. I I, I do really like them. I mean, I actually I didn't so much mind building the current line of skeleton. I'm trying to think back to when I built mine from a Legion of Nagash. I tell you what, I did hate building the Graveguard. Oh man, they were, yeah. they were a nightmare. Um, but but I think the skeletons were a slightly newer kit than the Graveguard. Um, but yeah, these these I mean, when I built these, they were just dead easy so so nice to put together and um, so, yeah looking forward to what they can do with the, the multi-part kit excellent stuff right my top choice or my tied top choice had to be i'm kind of on the 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 ogre kind of um bandwagon at the moment and that's brutal corpse eater uh so this guy would would probably be my second choice until i put paint on him he was so fun to paint and like really nice and easy to paint as well i do like the slightly bigger models um yeah he, he's he was he's such a cool model and he's got a really cool backstory and i'm actually going to use him as a man eater in my ogrami i think nice oh, that's all. yeah um because he actually is a man eater isn't he in in in, in the story I think so most ogres are well yeah there, there, there is that um but yeah really like this model really like painting it um and I might even be tempted to use him when we play our games of Curse City. I'm not sure. Well, um, we'll, we'll each see. of the each of the characters has like a, almost like a class. So you've got the blades, the executioners, the stalwarts, and the lawkeeper. So we do need a good mix. And I think he's a stalwart, like a tank type character. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Well, in that case, then yeah, that 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 makes sense. I guess you yours is an executioner. Uh, yes, the Quilophis is an executioner. You've got the the death wizard and the sister of sigma they're law keepers uh, i think uh, the paladin she's a blade uh, i think um there's another executioner. did you i think the other execution is the witch hunter and then the yes, duelist right. guys the other blade yeah uh, yeah I, I i i really like the the paladin lady she's uh, she's really cool so i think i'll play her when we play so we got a good mix there we just need a law keeper 
You've done a great, great paint job on that ogre as well, Dave. I think it's one of the best models you painted. Um, Thank you. I think. Yeah, he's uh, he was really, really fun to paint, and uh, yeah, can't wait to get to get him entering into the Curse City. Um, I think that'll be really fun. Fantastic. That's our top tro- uh, top three choices for our Curse City models. What are the community's choices? We shall find out in our final segment of the podcast, which is coming up next. It is time for the final segment of this week's podcast, and it's time to see what the community have chosen as their top three models from the Curse City. So, Matt, what do we have over on Twitter? Well, Average Paints says number three, Quilathis. Number two, Amelda Braskov. Number one, the Dire Gargoyles, the true overlords of yeah. the car. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I've I've had a run in with those. Uh, They they sort of come on in the crisis and they they steal either treasure cards that you've got or you haven't got any treasure cards. They steal some sort of precious heirloom and then each turn they try to run off towards an exit. And if you don't manage to catch them, they they run off. So, for example, in the game I had last, they stole some some treasured family heirloom from uh, Colathis. And that meant that I wasn't able to catch it before it escaped through a portal. So um, uh, Qualafis was unable to gain any inspiration points for the rest of the game. Oh, no. That's pretty pretty oh, major, no. actually, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, dear. Um, Librarium of Lockdown says, one, the elf hero for the build and sculpt. Uh, two, the skeletons for the style. And three, the vampire triplets for all of the above. I can't remember the complicated names. Don't worry, neither can I. <laughs> Darren Winters said the elf hero, uh, the ogre hero, and the bat and rat swarms. I really like them bat and rat swarms. They're cool how they go together, especially the rats, where you sort yeah. of buy three pieces to them, yeah. Uh, Nevermore says the orphan watch skeletons, Jelson Darek, and the Kasari night guard. Yeah, all amazing choices. Uh, ELF says Jelson, zombies, and the skeletons. They're all amazing. Pete Allison says, bats, I've been waiting so long for these. Skeletons, well, they're more Graveguard than normal ones. And the new Maneater, Zombie Eater, Ogre. In fact, all the Ogres, dead or alive. Mm-hmm. And finally, Chris says, Octran, Grimscry, Death Mask and Longbeard is a great combo. The Varg's gear is just really scary. And the Gravestones and Mysterious Objects, because I like painting terrain. Yeah, I don't think there's a bad model in the box. No. No, I mean, if I had some honourable mentions, it'd probably be the, the zombies. The, nobody's mentioned the Caradron in there. He's a really no. cool model. Um, you know what? Like, the Caradron's probably my least favourite model. Okay. I think it's the pose of the Caradron. I think he's he reminds me of an old sort of older Games Workshop hero sculpt where they're sort of almost quite two-dimensional. Yeah, he's not as dynamic as the rest of the party, is he? No. Uh, he's not a bad model, but yeah, I think he's just in better company. And there's so many good models, you know, being the least best model in a box of amazing models isn't a bad thing. Uh, obviously, star of the show is a zombie cat. Zombie cat. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, what is next week's top three, Matt? So obviously we've got no pre-orders for the next two weeks. So we want to know the top three models that you want to paint before pre-orders start again. Okay. Excellent stuff. So you can get your choices in via social media at Spruce and Brews over on Twitter or head over, head over to facebook.com forward slash forward slash Spruce and Brews. I'll get my words out. Um, or you can wait until the sort of Sunday or Monday when we put the, the tweet or the message out on Facebook to leave a comment. Guys, that's the end of another week's podcast. So I think we're going to get back to painting. We'll be back again next week. Have a great week of hobby and we'll speak to you all again very soon. Bye. 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 
thanks for listening to the Sprues and Brews podcast. For more content, remember to check out spruesandbrews.com. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, send us a tweet at spruesandbrews or head over to facebook.com forward slash spruesandbrews. Brews.